Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Mindset Advantage podcast, a show dedicated to insightful conversations in a world full of sound bites. Hosted by fitness coach, performance optimization coach, and national speaker, DJ Hilliard. These podcasts are designed to help you attack the gap from where you are now to where you want to be. The episodes take a deep dive into leadership, mindset, and fitness. Follow the show on Instagram at Mindset Advantage Podcast and subscribe to his newsletter at djhillier.com. So let's get to it. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. This is DJ Hillier, and you are listening to episode 250 of the Mindset Advantage Podcast. This week on the show, I get to talk to Travis Thomas. Travis is a keynote speaker, author, and performance coach where he leans on his 20 plus years of improvisation to help people live a more purposeful life. Travis's book titled Three Words for Getting Unstucked, Live Yes And is incredible for folks of all ages looking for a breakthrough in their own life. For the past decade, Travis has worked regularly with teams like Georgia Football, the Chicago Cubs, the Miami Marlins, the Cincinnati Reds, and the New York Yankees. He also spent the last four years working closely with Team USA men's soccer on their World Cup pursuit. In this conversation, expect to learn what is improv and what are the common misconceptions? What are the key distinctions between being nervous and excited? What it means to live a yes and life? How improv exemplifies curiosity without judgment, helps others to look their best, and brings out next-level focus and presence. You'll also learn why life is an improvisation and we control how we want to respond. We also talked about what it means to embrace the goo and Travis's final advice of life is good even when it isn't. If you found value in this conversation, please be sure to leave a rating and review and share it on your social medias. We are so close to 100 five-star ratings on the Apple Podcast app, and I would love to see it get there soon. Your five-star feedback helps the show grow tremendously and helps to bring on more phenomenal guests like Travis. Also, don't forget, the Mindset Advantage podcast is now available on YouTube. That's right. We are on YouTube. So if you want to go home and watch this live, head over to DJ Hillier or the Mindset Advantage, and you'll see this episode pop up, and you can watch it for yourself on your couch at home. All right. Without further ado, let's get to this fun and unique conversation with Travis Thomas. Let's go. Mindset Advantage podcast is brought to you by Element. Element is a tasty electrolyte drink mix with everything you need and nothing you don't. That means lots of salt with no sugar. Element is formulated to help anyone with their electrolyte needs and is perfectly suited for folks following a keto, low-carb, or paleo diet. Element contains a science-backed electrolyte ratio of 1,000 milligrams of sodium, 200 milligrams of potassium, and 60 milligrams of magnesium, with none of the junk. No sugar, no coloring, no artificial ingredients, no gluten, no fillers, no BS. Healthy hydration isn't just about drinking water. It's about water plus electrolytes. And it makes sense. You lose both water and sodium when you sweat. So both need to be replaced to prevent things like muscle cramps, headaches, and energy dips. Rob Wolf, founder of Element, is also a biochemist, New York Times bestseller, and previous guest on this podcast and is someone I trust dearly. 
Element is currently being used by the highest performers all over the world, including athletes in the NFL, NBA, NHL, Special Forces, and the Olympics. There are several flavors to choose from. My favorite is the citrus salt, which is how I start every single day. And as listeners of the Mindset Advantage podcast, you can receive a free sample pack by using the link www.drinkelement.com slash mindset advantage. Again, that's www.drinklmnt.com slash mindset advantage. Go get yours now. Travis Thomas, welcome to the Mindset Advantage podcast. Uh, DJ, thanks, man. Happy to be here. Honored. I've been looking forward to this conversation for several weeks, and I've been researching the heck out of you, listening to everything I could find, every podcast I could find, read your book. It's an incredible book. It's called Three Words for Getting Unstuck, Live, Yes, And. And we're going to get into all that fun stuff with the book, (laughs) but somewhere where I really want to start first and just dive deep in is improv. I have heard of improv. I've been curious about it myself, but I haven't yet in five years had a guest on that has had any experience, uh, thus to say 17 years experience on a stage. So tell my listeners, teach me, what do most people, well, first, what is improv and what do a lot of my listeners not know about improv? Yeah, that's great. So improvisation, you know, I mean, I think that the, the touch point for many people, DJ, is is the TV show Whose Line Is It Anyway, which has been on for about 20 years at this point, right? It was on ABC for a while. It was a British show. And I think it's still on like the game show network. Now they, they're still making new shows. So a lot of people, when they think about improvisation, they think of Whose Line Is It Anyway, where you have, you know, two or more actors uh, on stage, you take an audience, you take a suggestion from the audience or from a host, and those performers on the spot are having to create a scene, create story, create comedy um, in, right on the fly, in the moment, spontaneously. Um, and so that is essentially what there's lots of different forms of improvisation around the country, around the world. Uh, Second City in Chicago is kind of seen as the hotbed of improvisation. Uh, but uh, it, for the most part, improv- improvisation is unscripted uh, storytelling. Now, you and I both know that public speaking is the number one uh, fear uh, in in people. But then you add on another layer of not only is it public speaking, Travis, but you're also not going to give me a script. Some people are sweating just thinking about that. Why is that so fun for you? Yeah, it's 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 because of my sports background. Right, DJ. So, you know, I grew up playing sports my whole life. I played soccer in college. You know, that was I didn't take a theater class. I didn't do anything uh, theater entertainment related. Um, really until I got into improvisation, I had done a little, some, some fun things on the side, but nothing serious. And so when I really took my first improvisation class, it was so invigorating. It was so exciting because of that, the, uh, the, the, the excitement, the nerves of failure, right? It's it's like the nerve, like, oh shoot, wow, this could be humiliating, but also it's the, oh, but this is so exciting. What if we create something really fun. And so it, it had this this sense that that sports felt like those butterflies, those nerves, the excitement that you get before a sporting event where you don't know what's going to happen, but you have to be fully engaged and go for it. That's what improvisation felt for me. And so I still have that excitement. You know, every time I, I take the stage, whether it's as a public speaker, I make sure that I have improvisational components in my in my speeches because that keeps me engaged and excited and with the idea of like, I, I have no idea what's going to happen. Even, even today, you know, I just gave a talk uh, a few weeks ago and um, 
something on, you know, an exercise that I've done hundreds of times for the first time ever, something different happened. I was like, this has never happened before. This is so exciting. So I, I think it's that, that spontaneous component of improvisation, which is what really is the exciting slash scary part about it. So we're going to cross over a lot between sports and improv. And I think the first one we should pause what you just said is the difference between being excited and being nervous as a mental performance coach myself. That's something I try to instill a lot in people that have those pregame jitters and like my listeners on the difference between being excited and being nervous. That's great, uh, DJ. And you probably have heard this as well, but physiologically inside our body, when we are nervous and when we're excited, it's actually the same physiological things are happening. The only difference is how we are viewing the situation, which which either makes us excited and or nervous. And so what is the difference between uh, either we're excited about something or we're nervous slash fearful about it? And the only difference between the two is when we're nervous or fearful about something is we are envisioning a possible negative outcome. When we're excited about something, we're envisioning a possible positive outcome. We're excited about an opportunity because, oh, we get the opportunity. We could win a game. We could win a championship. I get to play. When we're nervous or fearful about something, it's, oh, shoot, what if we lose? If we lose this, if if I play poorly this. And so it's, it just comes down to how we are mentally framing the situation, which, which is whether we are nervous or excited. And so you and I know in, in this line of work how how important that is. Um, but also I think we can help, we can help ourselves and we can help athletes recognize. And this, this is an area that I, I think I've been focusing on a lot recently, DJ. It's funny, Justin Sue, uh, a previous guest uh, of yours, he and I were just having this conversation about a month ago about, and, and especially as we're normalizing mental health, mental fitness, and we're, we're normalizing, um, uh, the ability to recognize that being nervous or being afraid is not a bad thing, right? There's nothing, there's nothing wrong with it. So your, our emotions are normal, good or bad. Our emotions are, are, are normal. Uh, to be nervous before a big game is totally normal. Of course you should, because it means something to you. And so uh, I think we, we spend a lot of time uh, in our lives trying to change the emotions that we're having. And thinking that when we have those negative emotions, that it's it's a bad thing. And so I think I'm spending a lot of my time just normalizing with athletes or with people that, hey, yeah, wh- whatever those emotions are, they're fine. It's okay. Those are fine. Instead of focusing on our emotions, let's focus on our behaviors instead, mm. right? And so there's this this great idea, you know, DJ, like, have, have you ever competed, DJ, where, when you were... Uh, uh, confident about the game and played poorly, mm-hmm. right? And have you ever played a game where you were nervous about a game and played well, right? So, and anytime I'd ask, and I, I ask an athlete that, they agree. And I said, okay, so let's just recognize that feelings and emotions are not predictors of performance. So let's spend less time focused on our emotions and our feelings and more time focused on our behaviors. And as we do that, you know, confidence is going to come over time, but not we're not going to become confident by trying to not be confident or not be afraid. We're going to become more confident by actually just fully engaging in the actions and behaviors that it's going to take to have a successful game. 
And by focusing on that, we're also now not focusing on our feelings and our emotions. And so I think if we can just normalize that, you know, this whole DJ, I'm, I'm a little bit older than you are. I can see the gray hair that you don't have, right? So DJ, I grew up in the stupid, like, no fear generation, right? There was that stupid brand. I think it was no fear, right? And the no fear stickers and t-shirts. And we, we kind of perpetuated this, this mindset that to feel fear is a weakness. Like, how stupid is that, right? To be fearful is a weakness, yet we glorify courage, right? We demonize fear and we glorify courage. Well, which one is it? Because courage without fear is not courage, it's comfort, right? In order to have courage, you have to do the thing that you're afraid of. So therefore, fear is a prerequisite to courage. I would much rather nurture the quality of courage in people than try to convince people to be fearless. And so I think we can kind of just like normalize fear and instead let's let's help um, uh, support people to be courageous so that they can do the right thing in the face of fear. I love that. One of the things Justin does so well in his podcast and conversations is he helps his clients and his counterparts think of previous times in their life where they felt mm. a certain way. They always bring him back. And when, I, yeah. when you're talking about some of this, Travis, I'm thinking about uh, some of the best moments in my life were when I was feeling the excitement slash nervousness right before a game, right before a speech, yeah. right before doing something. So again, we talk about framing that differently. Well, when you think back, when was the last couple of times in your life where you felt that way? And what was the result? Well, that's one of the best memories of my life. Well, good. Yeah. So some of that yeah. pregame jitter, some of that feeling is not a bad thing. It's actually meaning something great is about to happen. Yeah, absolutely. And and fear has the ability to bring us into the present moment, right? When we're fearful of something, it actually has that ability. Now, if we become too fearful, right, then we become too tunnel vision, right? And we're not seeing the big picture. But fear has that ability, which is why like when you, whenever you know, you've been in a car accident or something like that, people say, oh, I, I saw everything happening in slow motion, right? Because you were so fully engaged in the moment, time, time stood still. So again, we don't have to see fear as a negative thing because the importance of it can really help us focus on the present moment. And then when we're, then when we're noticing the fear, now we can actually, we can notice it. Huge, huge word there, right? For everybody listening, the ability to notice our thoughts, to notice our feelings, to notice our emotions, to be instead of the feeler, right? I can observe my thoughts and choose to shift them. I can, I can notice my feelings and choose to shift them. And so when we, the, the ability to notice what we're feeling, what we're thinking, uh, gives the, it gives us the ability to, to look at it objectively neutral, neutral thinking, to look at it objectively neutrally in the present moment. And, and now we're, we give ourselves the authority to choose how we're, how we're going to move forward and what we're going to do with them. Um, here, here's a word I, I, so I got my English degree, DJ. So, uh, I, I'm the guy in college who had no idea what I wanted to do with my life, but I'm like, I'm a decent writer. So I guess I'll be an English major, uh, not knowing that I was going to spend most of the time learning about British and romantic literature and then having to write 12 page paper on ode to a Grecian urn. Yeah, that happened. Um, and so I did a lot of writing in English and, uh, but it wasn't until years later, as I kind of got into mental coaching and, and performance, when I thought about the word authority, right? We take an authority figure or someone who has authority, and we think of authority as power, we think of authority as strength. 
And as an athlete or a performer, I want to have authority over my situation. Well, what is the root word of authority? Right? It's author. Mm-hmm. Right? To have authority of a situation is to be the author of the situation. What does an author do? An author writes and creates their experience. They are in charge. And so our ability to to notice our thoughts, our emotions, and our feelings gives us the ability to have authority so that we can choose. We get to author how we're going to respond to the situation. And I love that. You're speaking my language. It's so great. I want to get back into the into some of the improv stuff. I'm so curious mm-hmm. about it. So 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 dive yeah. into some what are some other ways that improv has has shown its way in mental performance training? Yeah. So I mean, I, I, again, I know you 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 plugged my book. Thank you. Three words for getting unstuck. Live yes and. So yes and you know my company is Live Yes and. Yes and is the basis of improvisation, right? So <clears throat> anyone who's done any type of theater or improvisation, the first quote unquote rule, I call it a principle really. The first principle of improvisation is that yes and. And I went into I took I remember taking my first improv class DJ thinking that I was funny because I was the guy in college who could recite all the funny movie lines and I'm like, "Oh, I'm going to go down there and kill it because I'm just going to I'll be Jim Carrey or I'll be like, you know, and like the first thing you you learn in improvisation is no, no, that's not what we're doing here. You're not trying to be funny. Mm. We're not trying to be funny. We're not reciting someone's lines. We're not impersonating so-and-so. In fact, that the concept is called the truth in comedy. We're going to find the truth in comedy. There's actually a book called The Truth in Comedy, The Truth in Comedy. And we're going to do that by exercising the principle of yes and. And so what is yes and? Yes and, DJ, is you and I creating a story in the moment, and all we're agreeing to is to follow the rule of yes and, which is no matter what you say to me, before I respond to it, I'm going to say yes to your idea and build off of your idea, which then gives you a new idea to which you will say yes and and you will build off of and, and you will further. So we're just stacking the story one yes and at a time actually you want to do it you want to do it on the spot in, in the Ooh, true spirit of improvisation right, let's give it a shot man come on yes so is it just for the audience knows there was no pre-planning <laughs> with this but i have a feeling that dj is ready for it though all right. uh so, all right dj so um you and i are both midwesterners you're in minnesota i grew up in michigan uh and so um you and i we're, we're going to pretend that we have like uh some weekend plans like a, a trip or or something planned and so we're just going to go back and forth. So I'll say something to you and you'll say yes, and you'll add to it. You're not going to ask me a question. You're going to add to it, which gives me new information. And we'll just kind of like see where our crazy weekend is going to go. Awesome. Makes sense? All right. All right, DJ, I'll, I'll give it to you first. DJ, man, I am so pumped about, uh, about the, the, the trip we're taking this weekend. Yes. And I'm excited for the drive to get there. Yes. And uh, I love how we are going to go through Minnesota and visit as many lakes as possible. Yes. I'm excited to get on the lake and get into our uh, my new boat. Yes. And uh, we are going to do some hardcore wake surfing. Yes. And the last time I went wake surfing, I actually broke my arm. So I'm looking for some redemption. Yes. And I remember that because I was uh, I was in another boat. That's how we met because I jumped in and uh to check if you were okay yes and then i remember we got into we got into the boat and we had to rush to the emergency room and i was a kid so i didn't really know what was going on it was crazy 
Yes. And that was the first time I ever rode in an ambulance, which is kind of awkward because we really didn't know each other. Yes. And I'm thinking, I don't know who this guy is or what's going to happen next. Yes. And then when we got to the hospital, they're like, who are you? And I had to like lie. I'm like, oh, I'm his brother. So they would let me into the room with you. Yes. And I remember being in so much pain, but also laughing because this guy was so good at improv. Yes. And, and, and you were like, you were like talking crazy talk, but you were saying all these different mental concepts out loud. I'm like, man, I need to find out who this guy is. Yes. And I, all I could think about was I just want to be able to play football this fall. Hopefully I'm not injured for the season. Yes. And you ended up playing that season with a, a fractured arm and you learned to throw the ball with your opposite arm. Yes. I can't believe I did that. Sometimes, uh, um, sometimes the, the bad things end up being great things for you. Yes, yes, they absolutely do. And congratulate on, congratulations on that Heisman. <laughs> yes, and I can't wait to get drafted. <laughs> all right, all right, scene. All right, DJ, well done. Well done. You are now officially. Yes, it is fun. You are, you, you, you are uh, an improv pro now, man. If you, and that's the thing, right? If, if you can yes and, you can improvise. And so, yeah, as, as you get into... As you get into class and as you get into training and you start to learn all the other components that go with improvisation from storytelling to character creating to, to all of the complex things, at the basis of all of it is yes and. And so, boom, you can teach anyone how to improvise in 30 seconds as long as you're willing to live by that principle of yes and. And so, what does it really like? So, as we're doing that, what does yes and really mean from an improvisational standpoint? The yes between the two of us, DJ, is that whatever we say to one another, we are agreeing that that's real. The yes is acceptance. It's agreement. Yes. You're, we're, yes, we're going skiing. Yes, you broke your arm. Yes, 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 yes. At no point did either one of us say, well, no, we didn't go on a wake boat or no, you didn't break your arm. So that no is called a negation that kind of halts the scene to a stop it. It, it, it stops our collaboration with one another. So yes, is like, yes, okay, I accept your idea. That's real. The and is not only am I going to accept your idea, I'm going to build off of your idea. And so that's how improvisation works. Well, if we take that off the stage and we take that into real life, if we take that into sports, if you and I are yes anding each other in our sport as a soccer player, basketball player, baseball player, it means that whatever you do, you know I'm going to support you and I have your back. And I'm going to build off of it. I wanted the ball here. You put the ball there. Yes. And I'm going to make a different run, right? You threw an interception. Yes. And I'm going to track that guy down and try to get the ball back. So, so yes. And is this idea of acceptance and response, acceptance and response. And then we can apply that to our, our day-to-day life as well, right? Whatever is happening to us, can we accept it quickly? We don't have to like it. But can we accept it quickly by saying yes, and now we can be in collaboration with it and work with the impediment, work with the obstacle, because that is the direction of progress. And so I love to say that when you are practicing yes and or living yes and, you are in radical collaboration with reality, right? You're working with it instead of being in denial, which is working against it, which means nothing's going to happen. You're just spinning your wheels until we accept it and go, yeah, okay, man, this sucks, but yeah, this is, this is happening. And what am I going to do with it?
a couple different doors I want to open. The first one yeah. is that I'm a big believer in my my seven tactical skills for an elevated mindset. The first skill, Travis, is have curiosity mindset. What I mean by curiosity is curiosity without judgment. When yeah. we're doing improv, I'm not judging what you're going to say next. There's zero judgment. I think there's a lot of crossover here. Talk to me about the power of zero judgment, more curiosity. Yeah, absolutely. I think you you, you said, I mean, the, the ability to be curious, you know, and, you know, again, as uh, you know, I'm a, a, a room tilter for limitless minds. And so we teach neutral thinking, right? Neutral thinking is, is, is the same idea of looking at something neutrally, uh, objectively, with as little judgment or grading as possible. And so I, I like to say, like, I, I can't look at anything without judgment. Like, I judge everything, right? As humans, we judge everything. But there's a difference between noticing our judgment and still still staying curious at the same time so i can like judge an idea and go oh, wait what what in the heck is dj thinking that's a stupid idea <laughs> but but i'm gonna but i'm if i'm curious i'm still going to accept it and be open to the new possibility and so i think that curiosity the curiosity allows us to be to be open to what to infinite possibilities that's what makes improvisation so beautiful is that like we can literally go anywhere. And usually the best improvised scenes are the scenes that happen unintentionally. It's when one of the performers actually makes a mistake. Interesting. Right. So, so there's a great uh, uh, shoot. I can't remember the, the, the quote where it's um, mistakes are the portals to discovery. That's like, yeah, like that's, that's improvisation right there where it, uh, a performer will mispronounce a word or say the wrong word. They're not trying to be funny. And the other improvisers, if they're quick, they will use that as a pull, create something completely new and unplanned. Of course, it's unplanned because it was a mistake. And in that mistake, you end up creating a, an entirely new world or a new scene wow. because you weren't consciously intellectually planning it. Right. And so, again, if you just go back to the greatest innovations in the world, the biggest innovative breakthroughs that we've had as a society have come off of what? Mistakes. Right. It was usually they were trying to create one thing in the lab or through experimentation. Something happened. And instead of throwing it out and saying, boy, that's a stupid idea. Someone looked at it and said, wait a second. I think we're onto something here. And but those new innovations didn't happen as the result of trying to create that thing. It was the curiosity that came with, we're actually focused on this, didn't intend to create this, but when we look at it with curiosity, we'll go, oh, wait a second, there might be something, there might be something to it. And so I think to your point, DJ, that curiosity is, is if I can be, and again, if we want to take that deeper into relationships and team building and culture, how often do I do I judge someone and block block them based on them having a different perspective than me? But if I can actually be curious and embrace other people's perspectives, why? Because it's their perspective, right? Of course, their perspective is different than my perspective. They've lived a different life than I have, and like their perspective is no less or more valid than mine. It's equally valid. And so instead of me trying to convince them that their perspective is wrong, which is hilarious when you think about it, right? So we, we're, we're constantly trying to convince people that their perspective is wrong because my perspective tells me otherwise. <laughs> but if we could be curious to that, 
humility and selflessness and compassion and grace and curiosity. If I can be curious and go, oh, wow, DJ, man, I, I, I actually, I, I don't, I don't, I'm not sure if I agree with that. Can you tell me more about that? Why do you think that way or why do you feel that way? That opens up. And now if I take your perspective and my perspective and we combine them together, we have now a much more diverse perspective on, on whatever we're trying to create with one another. I think the third door I want to go down, and you've talked about this numerous times, is that improv seems to come down to making sure you're making the other person look good. Mm. And this is a huge lesson in team sports, right? And in soccer is kind of your home base is, is, is setting the ball up, making sure that you're making other teammates look good, both on the field and off the field. Uh, in, in our activity right yeah. here, we weren't trying to out-compete each other. We were working together. Correct. Talk to me about the Correct. importance of making your counterpart look good. Yeah, and that and that is that's that's one of the one of the core mantras of improvisation. So if you and I were to step on the stage together, one of those core mantras is I'm thinking to myself, my goal, my goal is to make you look good. Right. And what is your goal? Your goal is to make me look good. And so just think about how that how that shifts our perspective from a performance standpoint. You know, so imagine like we talked about, you're standing on stage, um, you and I are gonna create something. We don't know what we're going to create. I don't know what you're thinking. You don't know what I'm thinking. We get a suggestion from the audience. The lights drop. And in that moment of pause, I've like those lights are coming up and you and I, we better create something. And what, what would be the tendency to do in that moment would be for me to get in my head and have my brain going a mile a minute. What am I going to do? 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 And instead I shift that to. My focus is on DJ. What is he doing? And it doesn't mean that I'm going to you know, make you make the first idea, but I'm focused on you and the lights might come up and maybe you're rubbing your back and I'm noticing that you're rubbing your back, DJ. And I go, oh, wow. I can't believe she flipped you like that. Right? By me focusing on you, it gives us, it gives us an idea to start the scene, Right? And then what are you going to do? You're just going to yes and me because you're focused on me, right? And you're rubbing your back. And I'm like, man, I can't believe she flipped you like that. And you might look at me and go, yeah, all I wanted was a box of Girl Scout cookies, right? And so now, boom, now we're into a scene. And all I did was focus on what you were doing and built off of it. I yes handed it, right? And so that mantra of my goal is to make you look good. Your goal is to make me look good. Anyone else who comes into our scene we're all trying to make each other look good. Again, take that off the stage and put it into a corporate workplace. Take that off the stage and put it on the soccer field, put it on the basketball court, put it where we're taking the field and we're looking at, a, we're looking around, right? And, and in order to look around, I have to have my heads up, my head up. I've got to be engaging with what's going on around me, which means I'm bringing awareness to what's going on around me. And instead of thinking about, I need to play. I need to get my stats. I need to, I need to, I need to. I'm looking at DJ and going, all right. All right. I know DJ loves to have the ball on his right foot, a little through ball. All right. I know DJ likes to press. So if he presses, I'm going to make sure I slide over and have his back. So he could, I'm now not thinking about what is Travis going to do to look good. I'm looking around and going, how can I make my teammates look good? A fun exercise I love to do, DJ, when I'm talking to teams is, I'll ask the players, hey, describe, describe the best teammate you've ever had, right? And they just start yelling out all the qualities. Boom, hard worker, boom, selfless, 
positive, um, you know, all these different qualities. And then I was like, wow, we're, we're, we're 10 deep in qualities. And not once have any of you called out best player on the field, like unbelievable talent. It's always the qualities that they bring to the table that make them the player that people want to play with. And so like, we can be that guy, we can be that girl, right? It's like, they're not even talent-based skills or qualities. Like we want to play with people that actually like take care of us, that care about us, that make us look good. And so, um, yeah, so just that, that mantra again, I think you can, you can, and you can take it into your marriage and you can take it into your parenting, right? I'm constantly reminding myself every time I shut my kids down, <laughs> like, oh man, am I making them look good? Or am I, uh, uh, not wanting to inconvenience myself. That's a, that's a, that's a battle I fight every day. <laughs> awesome. I think the fourth and last door I wanted to open was presence. When, when I was in that moment with you, I wasn't thinking yeah. about anything else. I was very zoned in. I put my hands up. I was very, I had good posture. It, it, I think I would imagine that if you want to be good at improv, you got to be freaking present. And I think that correlates into, we talk about mental performance. That's a huge yeah. component of staying present in the right here, right now. Talk to me about presence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, let's, let's, let's do this. Let's do another activity real quick, DJ. Okay. Uh, th this one will be simpler. This one is much, much more free, simpler. And so this is just a, a simple uh, word association, right? So I'll give you a word without judging whatever word pops in your head, give it back to me. And then whatever that word is, I'll give it back to you. And so we're just going back and forth, word association, not thinking. Whenever I do this in a corporate setting, I always tell them like, all right, turn off your governor, turn off your editor. But I'm like, I know it's the corporate environment. So actually don't turn it off. Just turn it down to HR friendly. I don't want anybody to get fired at a public event, right? So um, however, we need to turn it down to be like, okay, I got to make sure it's, it's somewhat appropriate, but just don't overthink. Just don't overthink. Trust yourself. Go with the first idea that pops in your head. Make sense? Yep. yep. Awesome. Here we go. Water. River. Flow. Uh, flow state. Uh, meditation. Buddha. Um, uh, sit, stand, exercise, run, marathon, Boston, uh, tea party, Boston again, <laughs> uh, Celtics, Kevin Garnett, uh, truth, Paul Pierce, um, headband. Sweat. Drip. Water. Ocean. Whale. Um, entrepreneur. Me. Money. Green. Uh, Ivy. Wrigley Field. Uh, Cubs. World Series. Champs. Winner. Chicken dinner. Kipsy. Finger licking. Good. <laughs> we'll end it right there. <laughs> little 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 plug for KFC there, DJ. Yeah. <laughs> we need a sponsor. KFC sponsor coming in <laughs> for the fitness uh, podcast. <laughs> there it is, right? You know, it's 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 always sitting there somewhere in the subconscious. Some right. good greasy food. Um, all right. So if we go back to presence, DJ, how how present are you feeling in that activity? 
ultimate ultimate yeah 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 focus right not 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 thinking about you know what we were doing a few minutes ago uh hopefully not thinking about what 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 you're going to be doing after the interview you like just boom just kind of sitting in it responding to what responding to the moment responding to the next idea and then the next idea and then the next idea which would be the next yes and yes and yes and yes and right every new moment is a new yes and but it's it's that it's that ability to stay in the present moment and so in performance whether we're talking to athletes or performance whether we're talking to someone in any any corporate job or someone who is at, sitting and having dinner with their with their family at night and you could be rehashing your whole day in your head or you could just be sitting there fully present with your family and appreciating the moment our our ability to be present is that first key to performing at a high level right it's the only place that life is ever happening is right here right now and so like you said improvisation improvisation i'm a huge fan of mindfulness um, I'm a huge fan of meditation. I'm a huge fan of all mindfulness practices. I have never been more mindful than when I'm improvising. And so what I've recognized was that improvisation has been and continues to be a huge mindfulness tool for me. Because when I do, I'll, you know, th this is just an improv warm-up game that I would do before a class or before I show, because what does it do, Right. My most of us go through life and we've got all these past and future distractions that are going on around us at once. To do an activity like this, it just brings me back into my body. It brings me back into the present moment. And now that I'm in the present moment, it's easier to focus on what I'm doing. And so these are games and activities, uh, DJ, that that I started to introduce and do with the national team guys, right? So we would this was this was an optional session I would do on game day morning. I'd have six to 10 guys, we would come and do 20 minutes of improv, of improv games, just to get them in their body, right out of their heads into their body, letting life's distractions, just putting them on pause, putting them on the shelf, they'll be there for you at the end of the game. But for now, let's bring our full attention and awareness to the present moment. And so any of any of these activities, any of these games, um, I, I, I introduce them again. It's it's an introduction. I introduce them to athletes as just another way to help bring your focus and your attention back into the present moment. Because now that we're in the present moment, now we can ask ourselves, what it, W I N? What's important now? What is the most important actions or behaviors that I should be focused on in order to have in, in order to go out there and have a good performance? But unless we can get to that present moment that you and I know, the the mind can just be distracted or going in a thousand different directions. All right. So I'm an improv rookie over here, but both of our exercises, what I've noticed is that it, it starts very um, simple and we get on a lot of different tangents in both of our exercises. We got from yeah. Kevin Garnett to a whale in the ocean. And I think <laughs> uh, life is a lot like that, right? We go down a lot of different yeah. tangents and, and different seasons of our life, yet we bring it back to this moment. Tell me about what what's the life lesson, Travis, in following these different avenues, but still staying in improv. Talk to me about that. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that, again, that the, the fun thing about improvisation is that because you're creating something in the moment that's never been created before, it can go anywhere. And um, as long as you just adhere to the yes and principle, right? You're you're always going to kind of take care of care of yourself. And and life is that way. 
And, um, you know, I, I think I probably put it in the book, DJ, but, you know, I, I like to say that, you know, we cannot control 100% of what happens to us and we control 100% of how we respond, right? So that idea of sort of living improvisationally, living yes and, which is, man, um, do I have influence over what happens in my life? Yes, I have tremendous influence, right? So if I eat well and exercise and I get good sleep, I have a better chance of living a healthier life. But that still doesn't prevent life from dropping a weird disease in my lap or an injury in my lap or an accident in my lap. It doesn't, I can do all the right things and still have things go wrong, right? That happens in sports all the time. I can do everything right, responsibly, save, put X amount of money away and be a good, and the stock market can crash outside of my control. We can do everything correctly and a global pandemic gets dropped in our lap. So it's not about, it's, it's not about controlling, thinking that we can control our lives. It's about what is our capacity to, to respond to what is happening to us. And that's really where the improvisation is. Does it mean that I stop preparing? No, prepare. Does it mean that I don't, again, try to make good decisions? Yes. Those are going to help me respond to the present moment more effectively. But we can, life is an improvisation, right? I wake up in the morning. I have an idea of, of how my day is going to go. And rarely does it go that way. <laughs> it doesn't stop me from still creating a schedule and preparing for it. But the success of my day is not based on how well did it go to script. The success of my day is based on how well did I adapt to every, every time it changed throughout the day. And so I want to, just like I want to nurture courage, I want to nur uh, nurture resilience adaptability, flexibility, um, tolerance, all these different skills that allow me to let go of the attachment I had of how things were going to be and acceptance of how they actually are and my ability to respond and still be effective. Love but it's all life. an improv. Life is an improvisation. <laughs> I love that line. I, I wrote that one down. We talked about Justin Sewer. He talks a lot about mental toughness or whatever you want to call it. An elevated mm -hmm. mindset comes down to being flexible, being able to hold on and let go. That's impro improvisation is being able to hold on and let go and be able to improvise during the different events of your life. That's phenomenal. I, I'm curious. For, there's a lot of athletes that listen to the show. So mm -hmm. this doesn't have to be a rapid fire, Travis, but talk to me yeah. about what does the yes and look like on a couple of these statements? I'm just thinking for a student listening. Mm -hmm. I just tore my ACL. Yes. Right. And so uh, first thing I want to do, DJ, before, before any of these is like, sure. yeah. So a player comes to me and says they tore the ACL. The first thing I'm going to do is, is I, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Right. Like it, it's, it's, it's I, yeah, <laughs> empathy. I'm going to be with people as they go through tough stuff. Right. So I, I, what I, I just say that because I don't want people to mistake yes and for for ignoring the suckiness of the situation, right? So, but but for this um, for for this exercise, we're going to cut to okay, like okay, so uh, Travis, I tore my my ACL, yes, and um, now we have the opportunity to 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 get stronger in other aspects of our body, other aspects of our game while that heals. Um, uh, yes. And, 
uh, you're going to have a different amount of free time on your hands now that you weren't expecting. What are you going to do with that free time? Yes, and we're going, you're going to learn what it means to have resilience, to get knocked down, to not control an outcome and see how you respond to it. And so one of the things, DJ, I did when I was at IMG Academy was uh, we had an injured athletes program. As soon as an athlete was injured to the point that they couldn't train, a lot of ACL injuries, right? You know, these long-term injuries, I would have these students for an hour a week. And it was a whole lot of like them coming in, they're on crutches, they're in casts, they're in everything. And I would say, hey, what'd you learn about yourself this week? Right? What'd you do with that spare time? That you have now because you can't actually be on the basketball court practicing. And it's not saying this is better. It's accepting it. Yes, this is my, my new reality. And what am I doing with it? Right. What am I doing with it? Um, and so, so yeah, so there's the first one. Yes. And love it. Okay. Let's do scenario two. Um, Trav, we, uh, we got shut out last night, four zero on our soccer game. It was just, it, was, it just didn't go well. We got beat. We didn't even score one goal. Yeah. 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 Yes. And what, what did, what, what'd you learn from it? Right. What'd you learn from it? What'd you notice? Right. And, you, and you know, if you're, you know, if you're like a, a student or an athlete client, you'd be like, man, we just, we got physically dominated. All right. Yes. And right. Sounds like we, it sounds like we might need to get stronger individually, collectively. Yeah. 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 And like, and so, so that, that radical collaboration with reality is just like, is this easy? No. What, what is it exposing? Sounds like we might need to get stronger if we're going to compete with these guys. Yeah. All right. Can we, can we get in the weight room for an extra 10 minutes tomorrow? Is that something that we can do? Right. Can we, can we, and so it's that idea again, like you talked about that curiosity, the non-judgmental good or bad. It doesn't matter. It just is what it is. Right, we got our butts beat. Okay, why? What happened? Um, you know, uh, hey, try. Yeah, hey, I, I, you know, I, I'm working with a lot of you know college and professional athletes. One of the biggest things, DJ, that that it, that that I deal with in this position all the time is um, coach isn't giving me a chance. That was my next one. Yeah, right. Coach doesn't give me a chance, and of course, my my heart goes out immediately. Yeah. Oof. Yeah, man, I hear you. I hear you. Um, and then I'll go to, hey, have you talked to him or her? Like, what feedback are they giving you? Yeah, wants me to do this, wants me to do this. Okay, all right. Do you feel that you're doing it? Yeah, okay, okay. What, you know, uh, are there other opportunities you think that you, you can get better? Yeah, okay. And, 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 and sometimes the yes and is, um, well, they, they, they want me to be more, they want me to be more this. Okay. Do you agree with that? No. All right. Well, that doesn't matter. Are you, Yes. Are you willing to, to commit to what they're asking you to do? Right. There's, there's going to be time to work. Again, if, if we're not in the control business, we're in the response business. Right. We're not trying to control a coach, control a teammate, control an outcome. We're in the response business. I'm, I'm dealing with a coach who uh, doesn't seem to give me a chance. Okay. Yes. And um, we're learning a lesson right now that we can't control things outside of ourselves. And what are you going to do about it? What are you going to do about it? Are you going to quit? You're going to phone it in? You're going to tap out, right? Or are you going to commit to being the best player that you can be, regardless of what the coach thinks? Because, and, and again, talking to professional athletes all the time, I'm like, hey, 
you and I know <laughs> that in, in, in big time sports, coaches come and go, players come and go, right? It's more about, am I committed to controlling what I can control, which is my attitude and my effort and my ability to keep getting better, even when I find myself in a situation that seems quote unquote hopeless, because it's not going to stay hopeless, right? Nothing is, nothing is long-term. Nothing is long-term. So our long-term success is going to be based on how we respond to adversity in the short term. And so the yes and is, yeah, I hear you, man. Like, it sucks. It sucks to be playing with a coach who doesn't see your value. Yeah, I get it. What are you going to do about it? Right? What are you going to do about it? Because complaining to other people might feel good in the moment. It's like junk food. Sometimes it feels good in the moment. It doesn't feel good when your bed hits that pillow at night. It doesn't pass the pillow test. <laughs> and the, the, pillow, the pillow test is when your head hits that pillow at night and there's no more iPhone or Netflix or friends to distract us from our own thoughts, right? That's when we have to listen to ourselves is when our, bed, our head hits that pillow at night. And if the thoughts in our head are like, Man, I can't believe you didn't go all out of training today. I can't believe you keep just complaining. I can't believe you just keep, right? That's when it's hard to sleep. When your head hits the pillow and being like, hey, coach isn't giving me a chance and I'm working my butt off. I'm making the best of it. I'll keep going. You'll be sleeping in no time. <laughs> love it, man. I love it. It's very deep. So yes is accepting the information that's given to you and is how you respond to the idea and how you build on it. The and is collaborating with reality. No judgment constantly looking to make others look good. That's awesome. Okay. So uh, one thing I'd be neglected if I didn't get to one of my favorite parts of the book, and it's a part that you get asked about a lot about is the goo chapter. And oh, so man. The, the, you get a lot of feedback on this, but I think there's a reason why you do. So you talk about embracing the goo and the quote that I underlined, that I really like, uh, and I like, you know, the, the rhyming and everything the, that goes with it. It says right here, page 56, the goo is messy. The goo is scary. The goo is necessary. What's the goo all about for the listeners that haven't read the book yet? That is so funny that you read that because I don't even think when I wrote that that I was that the that, that, that the rhyme was built in. That is so funny. Um, thanks for reading that. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so really quickly, you know, I mean, it, it's the goo. The goo is adversity, right? It's any challenge, obstacle, or adversity that we face in our life. And and the reason that I address it as a goo, and and in the book, I I just share, you know, I share the the. Um, the analogy of the caterpillar to butterfly transformation that happens in nature and which I really never fully understood until a few years ago, which is, you know, the caterpillar, I'll give you everyone the quick version, the caterpillar, we all know the caterpillar goes into its cocoon and from the cocoon, it turns into a butterfly, right? But what I really didn't understand was the process of what was going on inside that cocoon. And so you imagine you're, you're a caterpillar that goes through life in one form and all of a sudden your body creates a tomb uh, around itself. And now you're kind of like, yeah, this is probably the end of it. And inside that cocoon, the entire body of the uh, caterpillar turns into a blackish, brownish goo, like a brownish, sticky goo. So the body is gone. The form of the caterpillar is gone. But it's from that goo that the entire new body of the butterfly comes to form. It breaks out of the cocoon, and now it's a completely new idea, right? But the goo what science teaches us is the goo is actually rich with nutri with nutrients and potential nutrients and potential and um so all along 
the caterpillar was carrying the DNA to be a butterfly, right? But there was no, there was no shortcut to becoming the butterfly. The only way for the caterpillar to become a butterfly was actually for its life to fall apart, to become gooified. So from the goo, so if we look at goo moments in our lives as any time we're going through a really, really tough challenge, some more extreme than others, but whenever we're going through a tough challenge, it would, the temptation would be to just be a victim and ask ourselves, why is this happening? This shouldn't be happening. Or to just, just put our head down and say, I just need to get through it and wait for it to be over with. The opportunity is when we find ourselves in those goo moments is to ask ourselves, how is this situation asking me to transform? Right? How am I being, you know, encouraged to be transformed in this moment? And, and, and it's those moments of life that make us the strong people that we admire. Right? There is, there is no one, there is no one that we admire that has achieved a level of success that they did not have to go through the goo moments. And are they enjoyable when we're in them? No. But, it, but if we can recognize when we're in them, are they enjoyable? No. Are they necessary to becoming the person we actually want to be? Yes. So we can actually still smile through and find the joy in the goo moments because we know that it's transforming us at the same time. And so that's always, DJ has always been, that's, that has helped me stay uh, stay authentic and stay myself in moments that were just so difficult, you know, whether it's losing a loved one or going through sickness or major professional setbacks and things like that. I remember being in a few of these, go these goo moments and just going, wow, I can't wait to see how this makes me a better person. And that's not easy. And like, that's, again, that's a huge yes and, right? Like you're in it and you're like, yeah, this is happening. And what am I going to do about it? It's easy to be a great person when things are going great. The bigger question is, who are you when things aren't going well? And, and, and you know, there's been times where I've been in it. I've been in the middle of the goo and I'm like, all right, all right, I'm still showing. I'm still showing up. I'm still smiling. I'm still being kind still doing the work. And, and that's actually super satisfying and fulfilling when you find yourself in those moments. Um, so yeah, the goo is good. The goo is messy. The goo is scary. The goo is necessary. So good, man. <laughs> um, Trav, I want to close down with a question I ask most of my uh, guests and feel free to take one minute or an hour on it. It's up to you on how long yeah. you want to go down. And it's a little bit of an improv here for you. So this is right sure. in your home base. But the question I like to ask is what's called the million dollar question. Trav, what do you know now that you wish you knew, say, 15 to 20 years ago? Now, some people say, you know, I don't, I don't want to, there's nothing I wish I would have known because I want to live authentically. I have no regrets. Let's take that off the table. What's a piece of advice yeah. or something you wish you knew 20 years ago that you know now? Yeah. I'll keep it short and sweet. And it's, it's all good, even when it's not. <laughs> <laughs> what I mean, what I mean by that, DJ, it's like I find myself as a coach 
most of coaching is helping people through the goo, right? Right. Most of coaching is helping people through the goo. And, uh, and man, it's just not fun. And, and so, you know, I'll often tell people as, you know, speaking to an audience and I'll be like, Hey, we all, we all carry stress. We carry anxiety. We, we, we fear the unknown. But I'm like, isn't it amazing that every single one of us here has, has survived every single difficult moment in our life? We've survived. We are batting a thousand. We're batting. We're, we're, we're throwing a perfect game because we wouldn't be here if we hadn't. If we hadn't dealt with every difficult challenge in our life, we wouldn't be here. We're here. So we dealt with it. Maybe not the way that we wanted to, but we, we've, we dealt with it. And so that whole idea of like life is good even when it's not. And so the, it might not be going the way that you want it to go right now, but like, it's going to be all right. It's going to be all right. And even a tough day is a great day because you're still in the game and you're still going. And so, and as soon as you're not in the game and you're not going, you're not going to know any different anyway. <laughs> so so we're all gonna have like the, the the perfect game until it's over and we're not gonna know otherwise you know um maybe in some way we will whatever that looks like but i have no idea <laughs> so it's all good even when it's not all good even when it's not great advice cool travis is a lot of fun so the book is three words for getting unstuck live yes and is there anything that you'd want to promote tell my listeners about pointing them in the direction on top of the book Oh, wow. Uh, I don't think so. DJ, I mean, uh, uh, keep listening to DJ's podcast, right? <laughs> uh, it's an awesome podcast. You're awesome. This is great. Um, and, uh, you know, on my socials, I'm pretty much everywhere, social media wise, uh, Live Yes And or Travis Thomas. And I'm, I'm a super uh, accessible guy. So if anyone wants to touch base or have a question or, or anything, please reach out. Uh, I, I love engaging with people and uh, always happy to help. Awesome. Trav, thanks for taking the time. Yeah, thanks, DJ. Thank you.